Hello there, I'm Tim and he's John and this is How to Murder Time, a podcast about games and things. Hello everybody. Watcher. It's another show about what we've been playing yeah. and things. And I want to have a rant as well, so yeah. I'll do that later. Oh, that's good. It's about time you, you had a, had a good... Yeah. You know, give in to your feelings, let your hate make you grow powerful. All that stuff. I'm knackered, so I'm not really that ranty today. Okay. Uh, I went hiking again. Again? Yeah, I know. I give it like How a fortnight to, to heal and, and recover, and I think, oh, I'm getting... I guess this is a wanderlust. It really is. I get really sort of agitated and cooped up, especially in summer. Yeah. And that's new. That's a, that's, a, that's, that's, that's a sort of harking back to a tin that hasn't existed for 20 years or more. Yeah. But I just thought, i got to get out. And so I did. I got in the car and drove to South Wales. Um, As you do. And then climbed the Brecon Beacons, did the big horseshoe, uh, various peaks. Thing. I seem to remember back when we teenagers, did that. Yeah. that was a bit of a killer. Yeah, yeah, we did We did that with a gang of us when we were like 20 or less yeah. or more. But when we were then. young and fit, yeah, we young. Yeah, and I did it. It was hard work. I had to sit down and have a bit of a break on some <laughs> of the hills. And coming down was a nightmare. Coming down, you'd think down was easy, but... Down Control, safely. Controlled down, down is hard. Down trick. is easy. Yeah, it, yeah, it's like landing a plane. Well, it's just really hard on on your legs. It's sort of, it's sort of jolting and, and leading back in a sort of a way your muscles aren't normally designed and so on. And and yeah, yeah. So anyway, I did it, and, and I, I think I've, I've got some sort of weird clicky thing in my knee now. So um, oh, you finished? I think I've probably swollen. It's a swollen ligament. I think I did a bit of uh, Google food self doctoring. Yeah, yes, yeah. absolutely. And I think it's a swollen ligament because well, all the other things it was describing sounded like i wouldn't be able to walk and i'd be in agony so but i can walk quite normally it just, feels, just feels a bit it feels a bit odd no not in agony so <laughs> result i did a thing at a weekend and i'm not in agony anyway uh, i did get some more video clips okay. so uh, we'll see about that but um yes back to it all i'm going to talk about star crawlers star crawlers star crawlers this is new Wow. Well, I say new. It's obviously it's been in early access for is about it, a year and a half. It, it's Tim new, not it's new. It's Tim new. new yes. Yeah. So, well, this is the thing. The whole sort of early access phenomenon has essentially front shifted the three month rule into pre development. Yes. So basically, what I've what I'm finding now, thank, thanks to early access, what is was, that what was the game that announced that they were going to do a alpha just for finding bugs, a a private alpha just for finding bugs? Oh God. And I'm pretty sure that was a beta. Yeah, I saw that. Yeah, you, you tweeted me. Yeah. I can't remember the name of it. It was something relatively yeah, was, high profile yeah. as well. And I just thought, oh, no, you, you don't pay my day rates for that. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, being a professional QA engineer in real life, I tend to expect to have a, a healthy, uh, livable salary for doing that kind of thing, not not having to pay you to have access. Anyway, all that ranting aside, the point of early access means that now when games come out on day one, I can jump straight on them or not, because actually people have been playing them to yeah, death yeah. for about six to nine months. And you think that's got rid of all the bugs. No, no, no. no they're still no. Day- yeah, the Starcrawlers have still had like a, t- a patch two days after yeah. it went to <laughs> 1.0, so I don't even know what that fixed. But no, it's a very good game, very fun. I like it. Quirky little indie sort of thing. It's, I suppose, I hate the phrase roguelike, but it's I don't in, like in our vernacular, it's come to describe a certain set I hate of features. Roguelike, like more. Well, yeah, roguelike, like. What does that even mean? No. Um, rogue adjacent. <laughs> roguish. No, it's so you are a little gang of mercenaries. It's a sci fi game. You're, you're, yep. you're, you're operating on the fringes of, of known space. As you do. This rundown space station with a bar and all that. And you're, you go out on jobs to various, uh, various derelict spaceships or abandoned offices or factories or warehouses or whatever. And to, to go and do stuff like go and various sorts of missions come up. Uh, these all take place in a kind of, uh, I'm thinking Grimlock, Eye of the Beholder style, okay. uh, sort of, you basically got the movement keys. It's all 3D movement keys, but you can only move at right angles, you know, on a grid 
yeah. form. It's not full 3D, you know, full 3D first-person shootery stuff. And there's various doors and puzzles and, and hiddens and so on in there and, and, and security cameras with, with beams that you don't want to step in and also lots of things wandering around in there, security robots, pirate, space pirates, that sort of thing. When you encounter one of those, they sort of move They move at the same time you do. So it's, sort of, it's not, again, yeah. they're not sort of roaming around. They'll only move when you move along this grid pattern. When you come face-to-face, you go into a combat phase, which takes place as a sort of JRPG menu-driven attack-style yeah, okay. yeah. thing. Um, and that's all done very very sort of elegantly as well. Um, so and, and what that's all, because it, you don't even see your own party. You're just at the bottom with some health bars, and they're facing you. And they, they are like sprites, yeah, but sort of semi-animated sprites. Different yeah. parts of them move about and stuff. They're not 3D. It's, it's a bit weird, isn't it? It's a very unusual style, but it works very well. Sounds very JRPG. Well, I imagine it's also probably quite easy on production as well you don't have to model up well, massive 3d let, models let's be fair there easier on production. easier on production because you've got i suppose it's more about the concept art being deliberate you know just turned straight into in-game assets rather than you know well, having to be wrapped around a 3d more, model need less frames of art and, yeah well whatever um, you don't need massive 3d it's an interesting and style and i quite like it it's quite interesting ah do you remember here we go do you oh. remember a kid's tv show called yes. captain zepp captain zepp go on and the space detectives vaguely something. I don't think it's it was like C- it was like children's BBC back before they had their own channel back yeah. in the the the, the 80s vague, yeah. <clears throat> there was like a studio audience I'm digressing wildly here right. um, but yeah studio audience of kids and, and like a host and stuff and they have to try and solve this murder and Captain Zepp is this space detective thing anyway and there was a lot of sort of concept sort of, sort of 2D art obviously because there was only 2D back in those days no one had invented a third dimension when we were kids and the art style reminds me of that for some reason okay. it's really weird anyway that's uh, a reference almost nobody is going to get, but <laughs> but if you had if you had more uh, upstate references for uh, anything like JRPGs that you might be able to spot a, a I more don't play a lot of JRPGs. There yeah. might be more accurate. There probably is. Yeah. yeah. Any, anyway, the whole thing. So you've got this series of I don't know if it's uh, here we go another word that we don't like right, procedural. No, no, we don't mind Very procedural. abused word, I find. Um, no, no, procedural's fine. It, I don't know if they're procedural. procedural. So there's a lot of you get basically you go to the. Bar, it's a roguelike. It's likely to be procedural. It probably is. Yeah, I don't think it's entirely random, but it's uh, it's all, you're starting to recognise similar rooms bolted together yeah. and so on. But basically, you go to the bar and you talk to the bartender, and he's got a list of the jobs, and these jobs are all for various different factions. There's about thirty or so different faction bars in this game okay. that go up and down depending on what jobs you do for which which com- which sort of mega corps or fringe organisations or whatever. So there's a sort of role play aspect to alignment there, I suppose. You get you get higher rankings with certain people that you continue to work for. When you're out on the jobs, you can steal from the people as well when you're in this place which will further exacerbate the uh, the bars and so on um and presumably there there are i haven't got far enough in to get my faction bars high enough particularly yet but i presumably there's like um special gear that you can get or cash it in for favors and so on yeah you, your characters have the the old uh, uh, the classic white blue green purple rarity gear it's a little of bit borderlandsy in that regard i don't know how it's a bit everything well it is a bit of everything but skillfully woven together there's a, there's a good sort of look and feel to it all it has, a, has a good aesthetic if people change the colours will I just get arty <laughs> well it just means your players will get confused and won't understand yeah. the game yeah 
but um, I really like how it's all put together. Fantastic soundtrack. Um, chap who did FTL's music. Is it Ben Prunty, I think? Oh, I think the his name. name is. Yeah, but it's a very similar kind of style to the music so as well. Yeah, it's very good. There's a, there's a sort of space cowboy-ish thing going on there, sort of a little bit firefly-y. I don't know. It's, it's, it's very... It, it sounds it's, very generic in a this is a popular kind of thing. Well, generic, but, but well-crafted, yeah. you know, well put together. And and the sort of... The, so you've got these various procedural missions or procedural random whatever missions from this list that you work through but also a big story going through as well there's a series of story missions that you can work through and there's actually a plot and stuff about this abandoned colony colony starliner ship that you keep making repeated visits to on behalf of whoever you decide to end up working for to try and find out where everyone's gone and what the mystery is typically you tend to be fighting robots a lot so there's not there's the you know so there's a sort of basic assumption that you're always working on this derelict and everywhere you go no people so Either people have been sort of, you know, assaulted by some hideous force and taken away, or, or in the case of the big sort of main plot hook storyline Starliner thing, you don't, we don't, I don't know yet, but there's some sort of ongoing story about rogue AIs and then trying to Isn't investigate always- what's going on with that as well. Well, very early on, you so you pick you pick your character from a, a, a series of classes that they've invented, which is things like Force Psyker and Cyber Ninja hackers, engineers, that sort of thing. I picked Smuggler, yeah. and that's quite cool. They've got their own little ability trees that you sort of pick perks from as you level up again it's like little mechanics from almost <laughs> everywhere else all turning up in this game but they seem to hold together well they give you the ability unlock the abilities that you use during your little turn-based combat thing um and yeah so very early on you loot a a, a, a sort of damaged uh, ai controlled robot thing that your friendly engineer shopkeeper rebuilds for you and that turns into one of your members of the team and that that comes on the adventures with you but you can also hire additional crawlers from at the bar where it basically as far as i can tell just lets you pick another character and okay. give it a name and stuff and that then joins your roster and you choose who wants to come with you on the mission they all level up you've got the little little tech trees there and so on interesting stuff i could see it getting relatively repeated repetitive the basic nature of the gameplay yeah. the dungeons and you know the, the space hulks and dungeons that you go through are not vastly differentiated from each other a lot it's a similar tile sets and you start to notice where the hiddens are on the sort, yeah but that's what you expect from whenever something says a rogue like you're you're accepting that the content is going to be very samey yeah but it's going to be um saved by the actual mechanics yeah the yeah there's, there's quite a few different tile sets in there found in a mine or abandoned offices this this luxury liner thing with all the sort of plush carpeted hallways and things nice. so it's interesting enough so far it's not a sort of massive session play thing typical non-story uh, instance will probably take you about half an hour 20 minutes yeah and then you just do as many of those as you want so it's sort of relatively short to medium sort of game sessions to it although the the story based ones where presumably they've actually designed actual deck plans and unique tile sets and so on tend to be a bit bigger have more objectives involved so yeah quite good fun i'm enjoying it <clears throat> i recommend you have a look okay i will have a look then yeah yeah so uh yeah over to you okay i'm gonna have a little bit of a rant before oh we get here we games. go all right yeah i have before me oh god a piece of paper <laughs> it's a manifesto a manifesto well now, actually this just lists from three of the sources of games that i subscribe to each month mm. so games for gold playstation plus and the humble monthly yeah this lists all the games that i got in may okay may just is just one month one month wow okay Janice's sisters twisted dreams uh, Lara Croft and Temple of Osisis, uh, Force Unleashed 2, a Star Wars game, and Lego Star Wars Complete Saga. That was on Xbox 
uh, gold games were gold. So they come through your Xbox. Okay, gold, so let's have a quick look at those. So Diana's sisters. That's Sister a sort James. of Mario thing, isn't no, it? No, I don't care. Um, uh, the Lara Croft thing is that um, uh, isometricy, puzzly, more version okay, of the game. Okay, so not a proper no. full-on. Okay, too much. Force Unleashed is just um, um, I think, yeah. Jedi going nuts. Yeah, and um, Star Wars Lego. If I have to explain what that is, then Star Wars Lego. What the, oh, the complete saga? My yeah. God, how many of those is that? No, that, that's just the six chapters. So that's the first two games basically mashed together. Right. Okay. Then PlayStation Plus was Tales from the Borderlands. Okay, that's... which is the Telltale game. Yeah, how big are those? Um, uh, well, there, there's about eight hours there probably. Mm. Abzu, which is a underwater exploration game, which I was going to buy. Okay, I never got around to buying it for reasons I'll explain afterwards. Yeah. Uh-huh. Uh, Laser Disc Defenders, don't know. And Rider, again, I don't really care. Right. Then there is Humble Bundle, which is actually the best of the value of the month for it. So the humble, this is the Humble Monthly no, thing. Humble Monthly, yeah, this yeah. is tenner a month. Because yeah. they do a subscription, effectively. You get one headline game. Yeah. In this case, it was Dirt Rally, okay. which is a fantastic game, well worth it. Mm. And you also got This is the Police, which is an interesting little uh, game. Undertale, which is fantastic. Inside, which is fantastic. Metro Plus, which is okay, I think. Uh, Gone Out, which I've not played. Uh, underwear, which I haven't played. The Turing Test, which is interesting. Uh, Super Rude Bear, Resurrection, which I don't care. And Asby, which I haven't played. But those are my monthly games. And add to that the 117 games I just got for <laughs> doing the free trial for uh, Microsoft's new Xbox Game Sub system. But that doesn't happen every month, does it? No, the, the, there's 117 games available at the moment, but they're going to shift in and out. Right. So okay. I have 117 games available from that, which is where the game I'm playing at the moment this week mainly came from. Right. There's an awful lot of games there. Well, I mean, and just... at least one of them was a game I was going to buy, and I think I've been trained. I, wow. They've taught me I shouldn't buy games anymore. I should just wait for them to turn up on this subsystem. So, I mean, I don't know a lot about a lot of those games there, but just as a sort of rough finger in the wind ballpark figure, I'd say that's. You're going to take that's about six months to a year's worth of gaming there, really. Well, it depends on what you play. Well, if you if you try if you attempt to complete it and get a reasonable amount of all the hidden's and whatever, there, there, whatever yeah. the equivalents are, there, there are a couple. There are a of couple of ten, uh, fifteen hour games mm. there. Uh, as Lego Star Wars, if you play it fully, that's probably thirty to go through and do everything. And that's a month. And next month, you're probably going to get a similar sized list. I have already. <laughs> <laughs> for most of them, right? I haven't got the uh, full list for um, Humble yet. So I think I sort of see what you're driving at here. But the Humble, the big headline game for Humble this month is Borderlands Two. Okay, that's a that's a good purchase. It's yeah. a good game. That and that in itself will take. Not Borderlands, sorry, um, Bloodborne. Two. No, um, what? Dark Souls Two. That's Dark Souls. Oh wow, that'll yeah. take you quite a while. Yeah, I no, imagine. Borderlands Two is the rant that's coming up in a couple of weeks. Mm. Uh, yeah, and that's a big game which is going to take forever. I don't need to buy games. I was going to buy Abzu, which is a, a, a fantastic-looking game, which I th- looked at it and thought, hang on, I've been burnt a bit recently on buying PS4 slightly <laughs> indie games, which aren't quite as uh, long or as involving as they sound. So mm. I will hold off, because it'll probably come on PlayStation Plus. It will Plus. probably come up And on what it. happened? Yeah, there you go. So, uh, yeah, I'm not buying games. Some companies are... Oh, I'm not even sub to the Origin one. Origin have their own thing. Yeah. Do they put out enough games to justify a monthly subscription? No, it's an, it's an annual year for about 30 quid a year, I think, 25, mm. 30 quid. Okay. And it just gives you access to all of the games early. Yeah. Uh, it, you can buy them early, because thank you. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's an honour to be allowed to be buy, uh, able to spend my money early. And, and it also uh, has their back catalogue. So after games have been out for six months a year, it'll go on there. Mm. So, you know, if you want to play. Uh, the last Mirror's Edge, for instance, it's on there now. Or if you want to play 
last year's FIFA or any other sports games going back a while. It, yeah, it's good if you like uh, Origin games. Mm. So you, you go, yeah, I see the problem. You, I mean, you could sign up for one month of that, then unsubscribe, and then like ah. in, in six months' time, sign up for another bundle. Well, that's worth. the thing because if you unsubscribe from the PlayStation one, you lose the games. They take them away, but the other two don't. Yeah. Although the big sub from Microsoft, you do lose the games. It's, uh, I, I can't put my finger on it, but there's something very fundamentally wrong with this. I think I, I don't know if I'm right. There's either some, there's something either very good for the consumer or very bad for the consumer and I can see the points for both sides I mean, I but it, on the whole I think it's very bad because what it's doing is it's encouraging me not to take risks on games it's encouraging me well, to why wait would, why after getting a month one month and that list of what sort of 30 or so titles each of which are going to be on average 10 hours worth of gaming well, why would you then go away and buy a particular other game as well because you might want to play it well, yeah, I mean, individual. I suppose it comes down to differentiation. Is anything on there? A lot of those stuff on there I'd not heard of. Yeah, there's a lot of stuff in there I don't care about, and I will probably never get around to playing. But stuff like Tales from the Borderlands I will play because I'm insanely curious yeah, about thing- that. But I never wanted to pay for that because I didn't want to pay any money to play that. Yeah, but even your 40 quid can't wait. This is I've been waiting for this for years, sort of AAA blockbuster thing. If you wait long enough... Well, it depends on the company. And it's very much a sort of Steam cell mentality, isn't it? Yeah. Well, it depends on the company because not all companies are going to put it, uh, their games on it. But saying oh, that, does in the end, and saying that, I thought Ubisoft were never going to put any on because mm. Ubisoft are like that. They won't put any more onto the Microsoft one. For well, because they've got their and own then, shop. They're trying to yeah. Do, do you know what the two play? games are for next month? Uh, two of the four games. Yeah. Uh, it's Watch Dogs and um, Assassin's Creed Three. Which are both Ubisoft games. These games have a shelf life. Yeah. That's the uh, that's the problem. Eventually you're left with a... And even though it makes a bit of a nonsense because you're not talking about an actual warehouse full of physical stock, you, you have a kind of shelf life of interest. It's good. After a certain point, people are just not going to care. It, it is very, very good for the games publishers to be able to get a bit more cash for a yeah. game five years down the line. Who cares and about that's what Assassin's seen- Creed 2 now, yeah. apart from nostalgists well, no. and archaeologists? Assassin's Creed 2 perfect example got re-released recently on a slightly updated version mm. and, a, and a collection because that's what you do you do the remaster yeah, that requires version. a bit of extra work in terms yeah. of just well we've got this sitting around why not just give it away for a little bit of money and yeah and it works on yeah. xbox one because it's compatible yeah because that's what they're doing oh, oh, oh i do three is not a great assassin's creed game no, I, quite, I quite like the outdoors of it and the hunting and stuff but they had nice tree running and that was about it yeah the world was interesting and the, but, the prop was rubbish no yeah. the game started good Mm. I like the start. Then uh, it turns out you weren't the cool oh, yeah. guy and you were yes. the annoying guy. <laughs> the, the protagonist switch early on. Yeah. yeah. Um, but the point being the is that you probably wouldn't get a lot of money just holding to holding to your guns and trying to keep selling that for forty quid, like you know, five or six years no, later. Uh, and uh, all the companies will get a, ca- a cut of the cash for this. So. Yeah. Some of it will filter yeah. back to the whoever and, and, and made it. Then I suppose. what happened was, you know, I signed up to the Microsoft. Uh, big sub thing and that's 117 games a lot yeah. of which I already own mm. and I, at that point <coughs> I was thinking there's a couple of games here I own and you know, I haven't actually played more than a couple of minutes of Yeah, if I hadn't bought them I'd now have them for free is this I mean I'm getting sort of parallels with supermarkets and high street stores here the, the whole sort of bulk discount are, this, are these the sort of discounter supermarkets of gaming because we've already had the high street bricks and mortar battle and, and to be honest I think game has lost game has lost so many times you, you know they've lost but, because all they've got on their sh- you know when you yeah. go in there they've got steam cards on their racks so they basically no no they got Steam cards, second-hand controllers, second-hand consoles, and second-hand mobile phones, and yeah, a tiny yeah. bit of games. Yeah, they 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 go significantly into the buy 
buying buying second hand electronics tat the, yeah you know, the sort of and reselling it at a well, vast market it wasn't steam <clears throat> and the online stores that killed game mm. yeah, i think it was the supermarkets well yeah it was the moment you could get call of duty from the supermarket cheaper well, than that you doesn't could get help it from game yeah, that's all two-pronged assault Ca- yeah. casual purchasers will just yeah. get it in a supermarket everyone knows when you walk into a supermarket there is a stand by the door now yeah well, that's where the, games are now there's a stand by the door when you walk in the supermarket so the two you pick up ass- your copy you buy it for a bit off <laughs> so you, yeah your casual gamers are going to just pick it up from the supermarket because why wouldn't you get it for cheaper anyway yeah. and your connoisseur gamers targeted people like us who are after very specific things we just go straight <coughs> straight to the online we're probably involved with a kickstarter and um, you know we're getting it through yeah. steam or even it's AAA, yeah. We, yeah. We, we're getting it on digital download now because why not? So or it, even when I do buy a Steam game, sometimes on disc, it's because it's cheaper and I can get the code. And yeah, I'm getting it from Amazon. And these, well, well yes, I say Steam. Yeah. Other online places exist, but the, the the you know the straight download it now of it all is much more convenient than yes. going to a shop that may or may not have some stock. So you know that battle has been lost, I think. But I suppose the mistake is thinking that the war's over in any any significant shape or sense because the money is still there and can still be grabbed. So why not? Instead of you know individual publishers putting single AAA games up for four, you know, rationing them out as and when they're ready or when or whatever schedule they're they're working to for forty quid a go, why not start to undermine yeah. that with with bulk discounting well, through you, through you, bundles? You can see why Microsoft and Sony plans. are doing it. Yeah, uh, it's attached to their monthly sub. Yeah. for the multiplayer. Well, that's a value add for that. As yeah, well, it's a value add. Which and the important thing there is when you're not maybe not doing multiplayer, you start thinking, yeah, but I lose these games. I'll, I'll yeah. lose access to new games, or on PlayStation, I lose yeah, access how can to we bring in all this the people? hundred and something library of games I've got from this history. I wonder what proportion of console gamers bother with multiplayer at all. I mean, yeah, obviously there's quite a significant and healthy core who are well into the, the, the vocal, random the vo- online the stuff. The vocal lot do. Yeah. But um, and you've got to remember, of course, that if a game sells 10 million... Yeah. Uh, you're not seeing 10 million people playing the They're multiplayer. They're jumping straight into a pick-up deathmatch online. There, there's the a large plan. chunk of people who only ever, each year, buy FIFA or Call of Duty. Mm. And that's all they play all year. But there's a, Both of those games will support you all year. Yeah, but there's a large amount of people who I imagine will buy, buy a Call of Duty game and never go online with it. Oh, yeah. They'll play through the campaign, beat tick in the box, happy, yeah. moved on. Yeah. And I suspect they outnumber the online aficionados. I, I suspect they do. So it's, how do we get those people to to pay us yeah. fifteen pound well, a month for a, some sort of console well, sub? If they don't care about the multiplayer, that's what the new Microsoft sub is. Um, is when yeah. I guarantee, when you get a new Xbox now, it's going to come with uh, the free trial for that as a code in the box, mm-hmm. and which is fourteen days free of one hundred and fourteen games. Are you not then going to say, right, I'm going to spend a tenner a month and keep this massive library of games? I've got a brand new console, I've never had a console before, or I'm just upgrading to get a new console. <coughs> well, Look at all these games I could have for nothing. I've always thought, found it to be nasty and exploitative, but it makes it's a real no-brainer. Yeah, exactly. £10 a month for a vast amount of games, and as long as you yeah. don't stop paying that £10 a month, they won't go away. Yeah. I, I, and if you're Microsoft v Sony, and you're looking at, say, uh, <coughs> what's the value of me buying one of these two vaguely identical consoles okay this one's not quite as powerful this one's a bit more powerful yeah, but the but less powerful one I don't really care about because I'm not going to notice to I be mean, honest I'm not going to notice again, I'm not know, a hardcore gamer <laughs> I don't care about the frame mate. Well, even in hardcore gaming the proportion of people who, yeah. who start counting texels yeah. or whatever you know and, and so doing benchmarking it becomes slim. a massive value add when you just <laughs> stick on the box saying 117 games included yeah yeah that is good 
Yeah. Well, then, and I, I suspect be... consoles and console games have often sort of been approached the razors and blade model in the past a great oh, deal yeah. anyway. The, 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 the console itself probably doesn't sell for what it actually costs. Oh, no, it does now. Uh, they used but to they... not sell it for what the cost was, but then everyone got into a lot of trouble doing that by not making a lot of money. So mm. I think they always sell at cost now, yeah, or a round cost. There, there, there were stories of the, you know, the first Xbox and I think the Dreamcast as well and things. But the price of the games was quite high to reflect that. Yeah. That, does that come down significantly? Oh, no, it has. Because um, if, if you consider, well, if you consider back in the day of the uh, N64 or whatever, hmm. uh, or the snares or whatever, when they were being released to here, it was something like 70 quid a game. Hmm. And, you know, it's come down. It's, got, it, it's edging back up again. But you have, if you... It's like that's so just inflation. Everything's more expensive. Well, and and the, the way they got around the making the games expensive was... Here's the game. Mm-hmm. Here's the uh, uh, season pass to the DLC. Yeah. Therefore, your game plus the DLC, and you're uh, hoping enough people buy that to add the other yeah, cost. Yeah. What else can we sell the day one? DLC. If you look at that. DLC, right, very few do- bits of DLC actually have the same content per pound mm. as the main game does and i know that's a completely horrible way of looking at anything well, also i mean a lot of the dlc I've, I've sort of dabbled with in the past if you know what you're looking for you can tell that they made the dlc at the same time as yeah. the main game so it's not what actually, you mean there's gaps on the menu for, yeah, like in that assassin's creed time. yeah yeah or well, just bits suspicious bits missing that get filled in when you uh, buy the dlc which means that functionally the DLC itself has cost them literally nothing extra to produce. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So you're just selling part of a game and hoping people stump up well, for the other. The, bit. the argument for DLC is <coughs> it keeps your artists busy in the time between the code <coughs> building the engine. Yeah, away, and, yeah. And, and, well, in between the, all the your contents free. Once, once <coughs> your your game's finished and your content's ready, the coders go off and start doing prep for the next game, mm. and your artists need something to do while the game's in QA and they're not doing ramping up for the next game. Mm, so yeah, you have to do DLC. That's yeah. the argument. Yeah, but then you got so yeah. So if you got all these different competing packages, subscriptions, eff- effectively, what we yeah. used to pay for <laughs> one the MMO back in the day. Yeah, exactly. All trying to compete with each other. And is it expected and reasonable that you would just sign up for all of them, or is there an actual real struggle here well, to, to gain the, the you know the dollars, the pounds? Okay, well, from, the, with from the Microsoft hobbyists. and the Sony ones, the uh, ones that come with their multiplayer thing, if you ever do any online stuff or use any of the stuff which they've tied to the online stuff, like being able to look at YouTube and all those other things which they've tied to it for weird reasons, mm. then yes, it's a no-brainer because yeah. you, you need it Plus, anyway. I suppose it's not, you're not trying to sell a PlayStation 4 Plus subscription thing to an Xbox owner. That doesn't no. make any sense. But they've already made the choice and commitment to either have one platform or the other yeah. or both. The, the, the only slightly weird one is Humble Month because that only that is a offering which really is aimed at people who like indie games smaller more weird games yeah i sometimes look at it as you know i just browse the thing now and then i mean i have sort of vague vague sense of unease about the whole humble thing anyway but the the monthly thing is never any it's, it's never massive stuff generally is the, you, well, don't, you don't one, often you, you get one, one big game you get one or two things that you've heard of yeah exactly and then quite a lot of small stuff you've yeah. never heard of but is this so these bundles are they just a good way to get people to try things oh. that they wouldn't otherwise look at um, is that sort of mystery box? Was it loot boxes? Yeah, that sort of thing. Yeah. Uh, Green Man Gaming have a similar thing where you 
spend 49p or whatever and get a free code and it could be something really big but i tried one of those shock, on GOG once. it's not going to be <laughs> I, I, yeah they had a random like thing like that on gog once and it turned out to be some some isometric tile based sort of 90s era rpg i'd never heard yeah. of and played for about two minutes and got bored of so so yeah go figure the mystery game thing um does steam do a, a monthly bundle no do you think they ever will is that I would, or is there well, just, uh, just an absolute nightmare of publisher rights and so on? I would say that they'll be well within their capabilities to do it, but, well, technical capabilities, but the actual realities of Valve as a company mm. means no. Yeah, no. They, have, they have a lot of trouble they, getting people to sign on for they, it. They can't organise that much. Valve, mm. as much as we want to love Valve, they are not a company who's in 100% control of anything they do uh, anymore. I saw a link to a fantastic hit piece on Valve in Polygon. It was some opinion thing that was just casting them as some kind of totally sinister ultra-capitalists, and I could see the point. Well, yeah. a, a company, you mean? Well, quite, yeah. yeah. No, they're, they're just a little incompetent, I think. Mm. Mm. So, so here you are every month yeah. getting like 30 games of about more, 10 more, hours more, worth. More, more, yeah, more, you're not going to finish that before the next one comes down the Oh, pipe. no, I've got the next ones already. You've this got the next one down the pipe. Do that all count to your pile of shame, would you say? Technically. Yeah, yeah. Well, especially the humble ones, which uh, I think they pushed my Steam See, it's games just, just over the 500. inelegance of it, the wastage that really sort of appalls me about this whole thing, is, is we're getting to the point where we've just, yeah, here's some money, keep taking the money, keep giving me games. Oh, I haven't got time to play any of them. God, no. I just, it's, the, it's the trophy of it all, the acquisition. It's, it's nice to know that you have access to a hey, thousand who dies games. Hey, most games win. I don't know. I mean, does a game exist if you've never played it? And we get into a sort of philosophical oh, point there. That's a good point. Actually. The pile of shame. I mean, I, I think I've got three or four games in my Steam library I've never played, and that's just because they were free stuff I'm not interested in anyway, like Counter Strike Global Offensive or whatever. I don't like Counter Strike type stuff. But um, You're, yeah, we should make this clear: you are a freak. I'm a bit of a freak. Yes, yeah, so I, I, I think I get. I think I buy maybe one game every two months, roughly one a month on average. I think. Sometimes uh, much-valued watchers and listeners of the show do gift me things, and I do diligently play them. But um, on the whole, I uh, but then I have a habit of just going around and around the same old MMOs ad infinitum, which is a whole different thing anyway. Yeah. But I just I find myself slightly appalled by that that list. There's some really good games here, though. I don't. Well, I'm not doubting they are. I just quite, I just wonder whether you're going to actually get to play them or not. I've played that that that. A lot of it, I suppose, is stuff you've already got. Yeah, that's the thing. So it, there's it, overlap there. Yeah, which... that is the thing. It's overlap. I think it's games I shouldn't have bothered buying in the first place. Well, you know, at the end of the day, you decide the value of it all, certainly. But I don't know. Are we? It's like we've been just... I don't know. The pâté foie gras keeps springing up for some reason in my mind. It's like we're being force-fed games to the point where we just don't care anymore about any of them. Is that are we getting sort of deadened to the idea of games as a rare and precious thing that should be anticipated and, and looked forward to, or do we just know, are we the, get, are we sort of advancing tr- down the fu- to a future where we just take our games by by the you know by the by the terabyte? <laughs> I'll have a, I'll have half a terabyte of entertainment, please. No, don't much the, care the, what's the, in it. The last AAA game companies would still like you to pre-order their games. Thank you very much. Pre-ordering? God, I don't have time to buy things when they come out. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and, you know, I mean, maybe maybe be getting to the age we are and having seen as many games as we have we've starting to lose the idea of anticipation well, that's the what's thing. the last game you looked forward to 
Uh, I mean, presumably, you, you know, you must look forward to some of the stuff you've kickstarted. So, uh, so you yeah, put some, you put some, you were looking no, forward to No, I was that? looking forward to it coming out. I didn't want to kickstart it because I thought it was a you, dumb idea. So how, how far before Kick Thimbleweed Park came out did, were you aware of it? Were you following it from inception? I was aware of when the Kickstarter started and I thought, oh, that's a good idea. And I also thought, oh, that's going to get made. I mean, the moment no, it went over, I thought, I don't need to kickstart this. I just don't even look for game news anymore. I don't, I mean, sometimes I'll see a screenshot or a bit of a video, someone will link, someone I, you know, respect and know on Twitter will link through or on, on Slack or whatever and I'll have a quick look. But on the whole, I'm just so I'm sort of vaguely aware that I'm so already tied up with fantastic experiences that I'm currently enjoying, and often those are things that have been out for three or four years anyway because I've only just gotten around to it. I'm there's, not. There's keep, a reason why the new show. I'm not away. keeping up. That's the thing. No. And and should 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 we be expected to keep up? With gaming, is, well, that, is, is you know to be to be considered gamers to it's feel like you're doing it's it properly. It's a choice. You can either keep up, yeah, or you can keep up with the bits you care about. Yeah, I suppose. And I'm keeping up with the bits I care. About. I'm not bothering to keep up with. It's differentiation, stuff. isn't yeah, it? Yeah, I don't bother keeping up with Call of Duty anymore. It doesn't come into my <laughs> radar. Yeah, yeah. You just assume one will be along every year. You assume they'll be slightly better than the the one well, the year the, before. They'll be slightly different, and uh, yeah. I don't need to play them. But. <laughs> yeah, people like them, and there's nothing wrong with liking them. So how did I end up on Star Crawlers, which was a brand new game? Essentially, I hadn't uh, knew nothing about it. I was, I basically, yeah. So I think I came across that because I Just Steam recommender. No, not not Steam recommendations because I refused to log in and let it start psychoanalyzing me and picking stuff off. Yeah. Uh, you know, I log in to play the games, obviously, but when I'm browsing the, the website on a mobile phone or whatever, then I, I don't log in with my Steam account because I'm afraid of it. Uh, it says, please log in so we can suggest more helpful recommendations that are more relevant to you. And I I, I recoil from that. I don't There's know why. There's a chance. Paranoia. And bear with me at home listeners who are giggling there is a chance that it might actually have good recommendations no no that's the thing all these recommendation-y type stuffs don't work because I refuse to I actively you, you, fight the uh, the analysis also you don't get you don't buy enough for it to know what you like no it's, it just suggests oh you have bought an RPG players who like RPGs <laughs> also have liked these things and it's just such a wide you know it's like you might as well just yeah let's just cut cut your game list in half and offer up me so obviously that's my fault because i'm not buying into it i'm not engaging i'm not letting it simulate a, a pseudo tim well enough yeah. for it to be able to then predict my likes and dislikes it's like, I find it's like the episode of black mirror when it's uh, a very black yeah. mirror thing this whole thing yes so i don't i don't even uh yeah but no but i was just i was browsing through the sci-fi category okay and i just thought i quite like sci-fi games so i'll have a look through there so i suppose i was it's not that I want it to do. But the, you use the user reviews to tell you if it was probably quite good. Yes, yes, and and you know I skim over the, pl- the thumbs up, and I always look for the thumbs downs yeah. and read those carefully, which suggests a lot about my personality. Actually, no, it suggests an awful lot about how good you are at uh, spotting the way people use these pluses and minuses to gain the system. Yeah, I mean, I'm quite happy to. Well, I don't know. I'm quite happy to pick up a game that people generally like and discover for myself why it's likable. But if people are putting thumbs down and, and pointing out very specific bad things that I, know, I myself don't like, I mean, a down a down review isn't necessarily. Oh no, stay away from yeah. it for me. You have to find out what they didn't like yeah. about it. And it, if it that's maybe something they don't like, something you really like. Yeah, exactly. That can actually become a positive. And also, a lot of the time, uh, it can be everyone's jumping on the bandwagon of downvoting this game because, like in the case of Dawn of War Three. Mm. Um, an awful lot of brand new accounts started saying bad things about it. Well, uh, yeah, I know people game it up and down. People on message boards organise yeah. 
Everybody to the Steam thread. We need to upgrade our favourite thing. The comments may have been valid, but there was a definite amount of bundling on to uh, say bad things because that was the thing to do. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, I, I, so you look at something like No Man's Sky and you look at the reviews in there and you just get nothing useful from no. a cavalcade of people going, oh, shit, you know, and you think, oh. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Explain why, please. You know, point out something. You get poor Effysoft on there. You get some poor, poor sod who's trying to take it seriously and write yeah. a balanced game <laughs> yeah. review with a list of pros and cons, and you know, give it the benefit of the doubt and give it some proper examination. It's just buried in a mountain yeah. of, of. Uh, you know, sort of quirky comedy comedy reviews was turned was was turned into a duck very early on. Eleven out of ten would duck again. You know, you just think, oh, you what know, it really right, go away. When go you start away. typing in your comment, a thing comes up at the top saying, "Are you saying it was rubbish just because it wasn't the game you wanted it mm. to be?" I think it should auto delete any any review that ends with "Wood X" again as well. Because yeah. I think that meme has time has come and yeah, gone. It, has, it really yeah. has. It hasn't helped anyone. So yes, it, at the end of the again. day, you're left not knowing anything about anything and just. Stabbing in the dark on a random game list, anyway. Well, but the problem with that is the uh, amount out. of dross is so large. Yeah, I lucked out with with Star Crawlers. It's very good, but you know, it was, it was such an arbitrary decision. It could have been a really bad game, and, and you know, there you go. Which is generally why I don't. Oh, but really, buy really stuff. bad games have really, really bad reviews. I think enough. There's enough noise to signal ratio. Yeah. You know, there's enough well, signal in that noise was it, to was steer it. Fairly it. positive or a mixed? It was fairly positive. Yeah, yeah. then a fairly positive odds are. So I suppose good. Steam reviews do work not because we oh, yeah. not because we care at all what you personally think but because if a thousand people give it a yeah. you know give it an opinion at you least half are, of those you are, are irrelevant yes but in enough numbers you're a data point <laughs> yeah. but if we get enough data points we'll get an average liking or disliking but then you're sort of working towards a kind of pseudo meta steam customer whose opinion is an aggregate average of like tens of thousands of steam pl- customers yeah, but you, and that that can be distilled into this one sort of weird imaginary individual and you have to work out if you like that individual's yeah, tastes or not because yeah. that's essentially what you're seeing in that and, list and it's when, very weird and when the information becomes available to game developers to start using it to tailor features then it's yes. going to get really weird yeah yeah because yeah exactly. you end up with this massive sort of meta individual who whose opinions directly mirror metacritic or <laughs> steep mean as an average and, and that person is getting game design tailored specifically to them because people don't understand or apply statistics as, as, as a blunt instrument too often. God, what a weird rant. Um, yeah, so well, you, should, you should unsubscribe from a load of those, I think, because you've, no. you've got way too well, much going on already. If I unsubscribe from Games of Gold, yeah. then my current playthrough of Borderlands 2 with my girlfriend will be ruined. Oh, you, you, require, you need that for the multiplayer. Yeah. yeah. If I unsubscribe from PlayStation Plus, yeah. then my upcoming playthrough of Destiny 2 with my girlfriend will be ruined. Yeah. If I unsubscribe from Humble Bundle, nothing much will change, but yeah. I quite wanted to copy of Dark Souls 2, so I'm going to stay subscribed. <sighs> they got you over a barrel, really, haven't they? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, I don't know. I, I obviously prefer my own life, I suppose, because I you know, I feel like I'm in control of it. But I, it's I, nice I, that you do. I know exactly. I, I, have, I can maintain the illusion <laughs> I'm in control of it anyway. Yeah. But I am the sort of person who would look at a, a pile of shame of thirty games I've never played and get really agitated and, and feel quite bad about. You should all see that. my loft. Well, exactly. I mean, I don't I don't want to get to the point where I've got twenty games I haven't played because it, that just seems I don't know wasteful, disrespectful. What I've I got original really... Xbox games. I played <laughs> still shrink wrapped <laughs> oh god yeah 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 well, i think we're quite different persons in that yeah. regard yeah 
Anyway. So I don't know what to make of all this. I think it's a worrying trend, but I don't see it slowing anytime soon. All I know is it's stopping me buying many games. And in a way, I feel like I'm, I feel stupid because I feel like I'm arguing for less choice yeah. and less value in gaming. All yeah. I know is I shouldn't have bought Undertale or Super Hot or whatever, and all those games have come up on it recently. And I, I can see a future it. where there is a Steam subscription, and that's the only thing you need to pay, and that will give you access yeah. to the entire Steam library. And I was proved right by not buying Abzu. Which Mm. Although I still haven't played it. So. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, I'm yeah. going to talk about Mad Max. Funny that, because guess what one of the games on that Microsoft subscription thing was? Uh, Mad Max. Yeah, <coughs> yeah. So I, I'm getting, I, I was just, I don't know, I've come to that sort of end of one load of games and beginning of another load of games sort of feeling. I finished Divinity Original Sin in the end, and yeah. boss was manageable. It was hard work, but I'd, I'd learnt the game well enough and was playing highly, highly skilled enough to do it. Uh, the end was relatively satisfying. Hooray, finished, yeah. And I thought, well, I could just jump straight into, you know, like Pillars of Eternity. But I thought, no, let's try something a bit different. I fancy a bit of a, a bit of a, Ubisoft Rome about yeah. experience and boy have I got one it's Warner Brothers I know it's uh, yes but you know what I'm talking yeah, about yeah I know exactly it's, it's like no it's it like doesn't Google. have towers <laughs> it has balloons yes, yes. because probably because Ubisoft have patented towers <laughs> or something there's an actual copyright <laughs> issue there yeah, but when I say an Ubisoft roaming box, yeah. you sort of know what I mean. It is a I genre. Mean. Yeah, it's it's like it's sort of to Google has become a verb, you know. Yeah. And I think they got into. Were they, did they try? I think they just, that back I think some they just won thing? something or lost something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Where yeah, the Hoover effect, yeah. where everyone calls the vacuum cleaners Hoovers, because it's so ubiquitous. So, so yes, you have got this. Um, it's it's really fantastic. I'm really really liking the I'm, world. I'm glad you do. Yeah, because yeah. I really I've just started replaying it because it came up on that Microsoft wow. thing with your pile of shame. Yeah. you haven't got time for replays. Well, it must be good. When I've been in a bit of a gaming funk for a while, mm. and I for the last couple of years I've got out of that with a Batman game. Yes, and this year it seems to be getting out of it with. Uh, uh, Mad Max. Well, it's funny you should say that, yeah, because so it's, it's, it brings together so many really good ideas into a well, a really well crafted package. Yeah. It's got thing. Batman's combat, Batman combat, yeah, Max on foot fighting war boys and whatever in, in you know real roundhouse yeah. brawl. Really satisfying, really brutal, satisfying. It's a bit too wrestling. Yeah, yeah, but it's it's very much the I say Batman, but I suppose Assassin's Creed one. Well, we start to see the it, counter yeah. block, but type it's thing. very much based on the Batman. Ref- yes, yes, you, refinement. They they come around you in a big group and and they take their turns to have a swing at you, but you get the warning symbol above your head and you can push the block button and catch their knee and then start punching yeah. them back and stuff. And then you've got the ones with the red thing over the head. You yeah, can't. You've got to avoid. Do- you've got to dodge yeah, those. Yeah. You know, it's not new concepts at all, really, in that. But it's really executed well with it was such a meaty, satisfying sort of heft <laughs> to it all. You're really, really sort of grinning with glee as you're messing. These these uh, these psycho savages up with basic uh, pugilism and and real roundhouse sort of dirty fighting <laughs> and, and occasionally stuff. A, a stick with pointed things bonus, nailed wham, you know nice no, it's, it's is it an eighteen this I think it probably it, it, should be I believe it, it is an eighteen yes it's, it is a very gory bloody game but it, that again works extremely well with the source material yeah. I mean so the driving you got the driving driving's um, well, okay I'm not it's a bit light I'm having trouble with it. To be honest, I'm yeah. really bad at the car combat, and I'm wondering because it does the, obviously the Ubisoft thing of starting you at a really low power, and then there are lots of upgrades what, what available. What trouble are you having? 
Um, just getting into the right position to be able to side barge them, or oh, yeah. so you have... or, or not not because they always turn into to try and T-bone you if yeah. they can, and I'm always getting caught. So basically, on the you haven't upgraded end. your harpoon yet. Well, the harpoon. No, the thing is, I'm just really bad at the general motor. You know, yeah. the, the, the driving combat, and the only way I can get past it is essentially bypassing that by using the harpoon to yank the enemy driver out oh, from no, his that's windscreen. Valid. <laughs> uh, do, do not get too caught up on the destroying the enemy. The wrecking car. the cars. That's the whole uh, point, though, isn't it? Mad Max. Pulling the wheel off. Pulling about. I window. haven't got the harpoon upgraded to the point where it can uh, yank wheels off. All yet. of those things are just as valid. Mm. And, and when you get the Thunderpoon, yes. uh, which uh, is the harpoon but with explosives on it. <laughs> Well, that'll do it, yeah. yeah. I, see, yeah again, don't get too uh, caught up well, in the I'm close not. combat I'm fighting. I'm not too worried. I mean, I'm really bad at it. the close combat. The, 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 the melee combat I'm better at, but it's still hard work. But I'm not worried at all because I absolutely recognise the pattern of uh, starting you below par yeah. and then upgrading you to awesome You know, as you go through the game. I imagine very soon there'll come a point where I've bought enough of the unlocks with the in-game little currency, the scrap mechanic there, that uh, nothing will trouble me much at all. How many um, of the bosses have you done? Uh, not really. I've did one. One one guy who's in charge of an oil oil platform thing the um, four legged yes yeah. yeah and that was like a the, you know, the little boss arena thing and I thought I've played a Batman game yeah. before and so I basically just stood next to the fire jets and jumped out the way when he <laughs> ran at me with the big hammer yeah you know it's giving me all sorts of oblique hints about it. he he's terrified of explosions and I'm thinking ah stand aside I've done this kind of thing before I've dodged a juggernaut before you know this is Gears of War one this blimey yeah so you know and that that was quite tedious because it took about twenty goes for him to he keeps running into the fire jets catching fire because none of your punches actually seem but to... But they do after he stumbles. Oh, well I wasn't getting back onto him in time because I was running away and screaming like a girl at yeah. that point. But but yeah, just charge it, trick him into running into a wall enough times and down he went. So that was all right. Yeah, you got so you got this massive wastelands map, the Great White, and it's a fantastically detailed, design, well designed place. Essentially, it's a, a seabed of a dried seabed with like rock. Other stuff. Uh, yeah, well, right. Yeah. Okay. Um, with like uh, sand dunes and dust and old dead coral everywhere, and yeah. upturned rust, rusting oil tankers and boats and, everywhere. And docks are half up mountains. Yes, yeah. Or cranes and wharfs <laughs> like half up a mountain, and and it's it's expansive enough to make sense with a car, which yeah. you know it has to be. But at the same time. You got enough in- interesting locations around it where you can get out and have a little poke yeah, about. It, it did the thing that that's that's what worried me about it. Yeah. I thought it's either going to be perfect for ground, you know, max on foot, or it's going to be perfect for driving around. I'd, I'd compare it to Arkham City, mm. which basically tried to do the make Arkham Asylum bigger, yeah. but failed to make the city and the content and the car feel like they all fitted in. Not- Whereas this is a much bigger area but it feels like it's got way more content yeah yeah and you've got of course the the, the sort of plot hook is uh, very early on so you're, 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 you're max is trying to escape to the great silence for reasons of basic he's basically <laughs> he is mad you know he's he's suffering from insane post-traumatic stress whatever. i can't remember if it's before or after the film yeah it's interesting to see where it fits all in with that he's trying to get to the planes of silence but the he gets waylaid by yeah. scrotus scabulus who is the, apparently the son of immortan joe from the films yeah. which is mentioned as a sort of an aside it, obviously you don't see this this chap in the film itself um, and it's all to do centred around Gastown which is again referred to in the film as a sort of distant place with things happening um, but as he gets waylaid the car, he's in the police interceptor from the end of the first film yeah, uh, this can I, it's, it's it's weird trying to fit the continuity of it all, but it, in a way you sort of think, oh well, whatever, it's it's, it's a roll with it. Um, but yeah, gets the car taken away and torn apart. He ends gets up in a big fight. I think does he kill Scrotus in the opening cutscene with a chainsaw through the head? No, he just hurts him. Uh, okay, because everyone's Appar- ev- apparently having a chainsaw through the brain is always <laughs> quite as much of a problem. It looked fatal to me, but everyone around the wasteland is sort of saying, oh, apparently he's dead. So, and I thought the whole game was had took the clever and interesting approach of you've killed the boss in the opening cutscene, and the whole game. 
is about I dealing with the right. leftovers, you know. Yeah. I might be right. I don't know. I have to find out. But but um, so yeah, so you find then you get picked up by this 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 sort of this uh, black finger, this uh, this chum bucket who's like this insane hunchback. I like him. Uh, yeah, he's, he's a very surprisingly likable figure. He's this sort of sort of wasteland mechanic type who's 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 turned engineering into a kind of cargo cult religion, and he's trying to build the perfect car. And he sort of sees Max come along and as a, as a divine messenger, and keeps calling him saint all the way through. And the, the sort and of one of the, the archangels, you're building. Yeah, exactly. You're trying to turn the magnum opus, which is this car that chum bucket's building from essentially from scratch and trying to turn into the best car ever, as a sort of main driving story thread through the whole thing. Max sees the car as a way to survive the, tre- the, you know, the trek across the Great Silence or whatever he's trying to get to. So you end up basically going around from outpost to outpost and stronghold to stronghold trying to just make <laughs> build this car into an <laughs> awesome car. And of course they can only do they can only sort of get help from the various warlords of the region by helping them yeah. overthrow Scrotus what is his name? Yeah you turn up at a um, fortress Yeah, they, they no one really likes you. You, you start doing things for them and they start liking yeah, you. Yeah you sort of working through this and then very early on the, the world map appears and you think, oh hello yeah you know? <laughs> and that's rather clearly marked areas yeah here's here's your regions of territory here are all the icons of activities and stuff and it, again here we, we we see an absolute textbook example of the ubisoft room yeah. box you know but it's done very well and it's a good if you like that format this is a very good example of it so you then spend a lot of time sort of working on minor objectives, but there's a story running through it as well where you're unlocking major upgrades for the car through the story as well. But the car is satisfying to drive, and I think it gets more so as you get more and more of the stuff unlocked. I, I find myself, I don't know if it's a bit too punishing to begin with. It was very hard getting your feet initially, uh, particularly yeah. the shotgun. I, I never got, I mean, there's a real ammo scarcity problem in this game, as you as you probably would expect in a Mad Max post-apocalyptic um, future. It goes that, away. Yeah, because I, I always found the sort of the, uh, the Fallout games to be something of a parody in just how much ammunition is lying around everywhere in the world. How many of the upgrades have you built into the uh, uh, I don't know. I'm, I'm not, not, not a great many, no. Oh, I, you I've seen there's concentrate a, on those. There's a powder bench, which will reload you every time you go yeah. to the base. There's there's a bigger, bigger belt of ammo you can carry yeah, that sort th- of thing. there's um, refuel your car every time you go but in. So much there's get your health back up. There's get fill up your water, mm. uh, and the, the scrap ones are very important. So much of the early game involves you using your shotgun to like blow out the the fuel tanks of enemy cars or in hand to hand combat, or whatever. And I've never got a, a shotgun shell when I need one, so that's why uh, yeah. I'm having to rely so, on the harpoon so much. See, I'm not bothering with shotguns. I don't use them. Well, I imagine it becomes less of a problem as you yeah, go. I on. only really use them um, for when I have to shoot down a. Uh, insignia in a base yes yeah there's uh, things you can't reach no, even from the start i just wasn't using a shotgun the harpoon's much more useful yeah uh, yeah i'm just not getting into car-to-car combat uh, i will just run away there's no point getting into it i, I sort of let them ram and tar- snarl up on me and jump out which forces them to jump yeah. out and then i can just just totally be I'm, I'm okay at the melee i can beat the hell out of them if they get out of the damn car but uh yeah getting them out of the car in the first place is quite tricky unless you get the harpoon through the yeah. windscreen which is that's always fun yeah it is such a brutal game it's such quite a grim game as well there's that you you regenerate health by eating abandoned tins of dog food or maggots out of corpses yeah. or, or ra- literally rats have, have you noticed there's some really sort of quite graphic images have well. you noticed that every single person in it is disabled? Yes. Yeah, or, or pretty grim and beaten up, yeah. radiation burns, scarred, crutches. Yeah, Max whatever. has got his um, even dodgy Max, leg. Yeah, even the hero, you know, who's, who's relatively well, lantern jawed. Yeah. He's got he's got the, the leg brace from the first film on, yeah. And Chumbucket, obviously, is uh, suffering from a number of deformities. But, yeah, it's, it's such a grim world, and yet so so beautiful as well. Yeah. You're driving through the desert, and it's it, because this is Avalanche, who you may know from the Just Cause set of games, which explains why 
why the harpoon's so well yeah. well physicked up and everything. Yeah, that is essentially is pretty much spot on. Rico's attached yeah. the grapple to the back of your car and pull the statue over mechanic. But as a core gameplay, right from the word yeah. go. Only this time you're doing it while soaring <laughs> over the top of the thing and trying to take down, harpooning it in the air and I, putting it. Over. I will say the driving is much better than Just Cause Two. Certainly, I've not played three. Three is better. Three is better. Okay. Uh, they, they They've come on a long the way. Same time, you can feel things. Yeah, yeah, feel similar. But it's also got that sort of distant cities lights thing that you had from the second game which yeah. you know the pan pan Al republic where you know just this vast well, you've got gas town in the background yeah yeah constantly but also just little outposts with twinkling lights in the distance across the desert and stuff and for for you know a great empty wilderness and post-apocalyptic badland it's surprisingly popular and there's a lot going and, on and when you there. go up in the balloons and you're using the yeah. uh, binoculars to, yeah. to pick out all the locations which adds, to... adds the markers to the map yeah, yeah. and, and you, you it really does make it feel like it's a large area but the sky is fantastic the desert the shimmer of the heat i mean it's all utterly have you had one absorbing. of the big storms yet uh, yes yeah like, they're, they're very similar to the ones in the fury road film where they're like yeah. just lightning coming up everywhere color shifts and all sorts razor shipping your trainers hit you yeah yeah and it damages and... you while you're out in it and you have to go i mean just just the basic twisters little dust yeah. devils you see around the place pick the car up and throw them around it's really well featured i mean this is a grim terrifying place but so I don't know, just... I mean, I've always really loved the Mad Max films and post-apocalypse stuff in general, mostly because of the sort of melancholy beauty of it all, which perhaps says a lot about me. But melancholy beauty of the first Mad Max film? Well, the, not the first one so I was going to say. I'm thinking that, more that, the production... That is, that is a bizarrely harsh uh, revenge no, movie. No, no, yeah, and that's... that's that, takes place in much more of a greenified yeah. not quite far so, so far gone type thing but this is just a fantastic desert with really well detailed attention to detail all the way through characters are believable they've all got the sort of sing-song patois that you get from the you know beyond thunderdome and and the fury road film as well they're all using their own sort of desert post-apocalyptic cant and it all works really well and you know max max who's remembers a lot more from a, the earlier times he you know like chum bucket doesn't know what he's talking about when he says sniper rifle long shot yeah uh, yeah, I like that they're all Australian as well. That's a apparently, very important feature. Apparently, to start with, he wasn't. <laughs> when it was first shown, he wasn't. Oh, uh, okay. That's that's that makes a lot of sense because it just doesn't work if they've all got like yeah. American accents or or, or or pronunciation or whatever. It's but it all works to make it a very creditable addition to the canon. I think um, it's in some ways better than Fury yeah. Road. I think. I, I, I think that it, as far as loose adaptations for films go this mm. is one of possibly the best yeah because you're sort of going into it expecting a crappy film tying game which you know maybe a platformer with with a guy that looks a bit like max or you know this generic first person shooter with max's duffel coat on or whatever leather jacket but it it really sort Mad of captures max and a duffel coat <laughs> Parker with the snorkel hood in the desert but you it really sort of captures the essence of what the film series seems to be about, which is an utter harsh brutality, but also, yeah, really poignant, fascinating setting. The the, um, informational thing, the pictures you pick up, the postcards. Yeah, the the historical aspects. Yes, um, and just some of the things he says after looking at those. Yeah, which gives you a little bit of insight into how the breakdown took place. Yeah, there'd be just a picture of someone saying, uh, these are the only guns left, see, I told you you should have bought some earlier. Mm, mm, Yeah. Or... Yeah, families and whatnot. It's quite interesting the sort of more or less the more serious tone it takes as well, because I suppose the temptation with any with that kind of thing is to go all Fallout with it, or even worse, Borderlands Two. Yeah, know? I mean Borderlands Two, fantastic fun game, and it's a sort well, of we'll sort of apocalyptic thing. But 
Uh, but the Fallout games, particularly three, send, send, spend so much time sending the genre up that yeah. they almost become parody rather than an example of the genre itself. I mean, you know, the whole Pip Boy Vault thing is so plainly bonkers. Yeah. And then, of course, you've got the, oh, what's what weird, wacky yeah. psychological experiment are they conducting in this vault? It, it hides from the reality with comedy. It tries to comedy it up when what you're looking for in some post apocalyptic experience like this is the utter howling yeah. brutality well, of it, which it, Mad Max really does. In well. Mad Max, everyone, there, are no, there are no throwaway one liners. There are no wacky cars that blow up because they're powered by fusion reactors or whatever. But th- th- there's wacky stuff, and but all of it is caused by everyone's gone a little bit unhinged it because it's all gone horribly wrong. Yeah, it doesn't take cheap shots at the expense of its own narrative integrity, which which yeah. Fallout does all the time, and that's fine and that's good because that's the sort of experience you get in your. In, well, is when, what Fallout when is. When you go on a bit, you'll find a group of people who are trying to f- make a better world. Mm. And that is, yeah, that that could <laughs> be interesting to see how well that goes. Yeah. That be handled one way in Fallout. Yes, yeah, and it is not handled that way. <laughs> it is a much more serious affair, I suppose. And because you know, I, I don't like games that sort of start laying about with their own in jokes and gag asides and stuff, because in a way it sort of takes away from me how seriously I'm allowed to take yeah. the thing. You know, they, if they if they're taking the piss out of their own game, then I I don't have the choice of whether to take it seriously or also take the piss out of the game. You know, leave that to the viewer. You know, I think. Well, there you go. Anyway, I have to say, um, this game is based on a series of four films, mm. and everyone has a different film they prefer. I am yeah. unusual because I really like the first one. Okay, you're going to say three, aren't you? I'm going to say three. Yeah, yeah. But then that's where three is a bit, bit of a campy romp. Yeah, but all of these things. I like three because it's so far. Re- it's the furthest removed from t- the present day, whereas yeah. the first is the closest. Yeah, to, you know? but, but then Fury Road's a good. And, and two. even two. Uh, they're, they're all really good films, and mm. all of them are, are served really well by this game. Yeah, every single one. There's such a wide gamut that these four films take, and they're all served well by this film. Yeah, yeah. I mean, like I say, I was worried that the cars would ruin it for me because I'm not a, don't like driving games much. But I like the idea, the, the way they slow time down when you take the shot, yeah. with the harpoon or whatever. That just that one feature alone makes it. Just redeems the whole thing. Yeah, I'm not very good at barging people off roads and doing the proper Mad Max style combat. But if you if you aim the harpoon, everything slows down and it lets yeah. you slowly. <laughs> yeah, lets you pick it and even mark the things you can shoot with little yeah. crosshairs. Well, so. I will say that at some point it's going to stop you pulling them out of the car. Yeah, I'm, in which I case guess, you have to pull the door off first. I, then pull uh, out okay, yeah, well that's fine. I, I imagine the car, can, my own car, can take more of a beating at that point. Then, so yeah, I'm really, really enjoying it so far. It seems like it's got an interesting story to it as well, which works well within the, the context of Mad Max. Yeah. You know the the lore, the lore and the legend of it all, and he and because I can he's, see myself pushing all the way yeah. through to the because end of he's it. just doing tasks. He needs to get this, this, this for the car. Yeah, it always feels like a narrative which is moving on in the same way as what your actions are dictating. Well, the cleverness of it is in that they've made, managed to coherently make building a better car the actual narrative yes. of the, yes. the story as well. It, yeah. the, the character actually wants a better car. It's not just you doing busy work and working up points and functions. Yeah. The, the entire plot feels like it is sitting on top of the gameplay, Yes, which is good. And that doesn't happen in that sort of close harmony in, in very many games at all. No. So yeah, really liking Mad Max. I recommend it highly. I do too. So, and it's uh, available as the Microsoft monthly sub thing. Okay, cool. I've got mine on Steam because, you know, why it's, fight it's it? It's really cheap. And, uh, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, well, yeah, I also played it on Steam. Mm. I, be- I played it on Steam the first time and now I'm playing it on Xbox. Cool. Well, anyway, that's me done. Yeah, I think I'm probably done as well. Do the spiel. If you go along to howtomurdertime.com, you can see all our previous episodes. And uh, uh, please mind the Russian spammers who are really annoying me at the moment. Russian you- spammers? Yeah. 
Uh, mm -hmm. You can also go along to YouTube where you can catch this and all our other videos. And you can catch this episode cut down into its um, video forms, which actually is working, I think. So I might put it out with the full versions again. <laughs> it's a highly experimental place. No, nobody's happy. Um, I, I do one You know thing. what? You should just do what you want to do yeah. to hell with everyone else. Uh, and you can advice for life. Uh, catch us next week when we talk about more games. See you next time. Goodbye.